So the Bible reading today comes from John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loves them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had their, a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Please welcome James as he brings the sermon. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Pastor James. I've got the privilege of opening up God's word for us this afternoon. Sadly, we can't meet in person, but isn't it wonderful though that we can do this online? You're able to watch on, on YouTube. But I also want to just remind us that this is a, that for us as the church of God, as, as the church of Jesus Christ, this isn't something that we've become used to. We've been reconciled to God and we've been saved to be people who gather, to gather physically. And so I want you not to get used to this, but to yearn. I yearn for that day when we can do this back in person again. I want to encourage you over the coming weeks. It could be easy in lockdown to think, well, we've only got two Sundays of this possibly. It could be easy to go, you know, I'm going to tap out and, and, and not watch. But what I want to do is I want to encourage you to, to watch online, to, to get into God's Word and to, to be encouraged by it. Because we're doing our sermon series called The Gospel Ripple. We're up to talk for our last one. And today we're going to be looking at gospel serving. So please join me. I'm going to pray um, as we come to this passage today. Let's pray. Father God, we pray now that you will work in our hearts. Stir our hearts to delight in Jesus. Flip up our worldview. Flip it on head of how our worldview is serving so that we'll see how we are to view serving in light of what Christ has done for us. Father, challenge us, spur us on and encourage us in this moment, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Early on a Sunday morning before the sun rises, you'll find me sitting at Macca's with a, a flat white and a, and a piece of banana bread. It's just a way for me to get ready for our Sundays. And a few years ago when I was at Forbes, pastoring a church in Forbes, I would do the same thing. And, and I remember there was this time at Forbes Macca's where they were transitioning. They were transitioning from you going to the counter and a person serving you to you walking in and ordering on a computer screen. And it was really interesting to see how people would react to that. 
you'd sit there and you'd watch some people, they'd walk straight in and once they worked out that you weren't going to be served from the counter, they would just walk back out. But I vividly remember this one Sunday morning where this young man, younger than me, he, he walked in, he'd coming off night shift and he walks in, he walks past the computer screens and he walks to the counter and he says to the lady there, he says, I want you to serve me. And she said, oh, sir, I'll take you over to the computer screen and I'll show you how to do it. And he said, no, you're going to serve me from here. He said, no, no, sir, I'll take you over and I'll order what you want from the screen over there. And the man said, no, it's your right. It's, it's my right for you to serve me from there. You know that you, if, if I want you to serve me from this counter, you have to do it. And I want you to do that. There's a sense of arrogance there. There's a sense of full, being full of yourself. And he just said, it's my right for you to serve me. And I expect it. Have you ever had frustrating moments yourself? Have you had those frustrating moments on Centrelink? You, you've rung them up on the phone, 15 minutes in, please wait, you are 20th on the line. You know, an hour later, please wait, you are 10th on the line. And it's just frustrating because you go, man, when will someone come and serve me? Or, or you walk into a shop at Westfields, you, you go into a clothes shop, or you walk into the Telstra shop, and you're there waiting. It's frustrating. You think, where is someone here to serve me? You walk into a shop expecting to be served. Michelle Williams, she's an actor, a famous actor who's been in movies and TV series. And a couple of years ago, she won a Golden Globe. And as she was holding that Golden Globe in her hand, as she gave her speech, she said, I want you to recognize the moments that have led to this point. I want you to know what I've had to do in order for me to be standing here today. She said these words, I've tried my very best to live a life of my own making. And not just a series of events that happened to me, but one that I could stand back and look at and recognize my handwriting all over it. What Michelle Williams was saying is that she made decisions in her life that served to serve herself. That were to serve to serve herself for her own fame, for her own promotion. In the last couple of hundred years, the word humility, the word servant has dropped off our vocabulary. It's, it's dropped out of our news reports. It's sort of dropped out of our magazines. But in a way, words like self-promotion, believing in yourself, and they probably don't use the word pride, but pride comes to the foreground. Our worldview is that when we use social media, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Facebook, whether it's, it's Instagram, that, that those platforms are designed for self-promotion, to serve your own ends. Have you ever had that wrestle where you've, you've, you've posted a Facebook post of yourself and your family and something you've done and you can't wait to see how many likes you have got? If I can just get a few more. Or you've, you've posted a photo on Instagram and you just hope that many people are following you and, and they're designed in a way for you to serve your own end, to promote yourself. And yet in a way, those social media platforms are designed for us to seek happiness. We post on TikTok, we post on Instagram, we take photos of our family in a way for us thinking that the happy life is to have a thousand likes. 
And yet in the midst of all this, as we seek in our worldview to serve ourselves, to serve our interests first, what are we doing? We're trying to seek the happy life. And yet the more we post, the more famous we become, the happy life seems to be further and further and further away. But today there, there is another way. There is another way that can actually set you free to serve. To set you free from pursuing those things, hoping that they'll give you the happy life. If you're watching for the first time today or if you're watching and, and you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you're like Michelle Williams. Everything you're doing in your life, you're seeking to serve yourself and the happy life seems further and further away. The washing of the feet of the disciples by Jesus is a beautiful passage for you. It's a beautiful passage for Christians as well to be reminded of how the gospel actually transforms the way we live and how we act and, and how we serve. It actually flips our worldview upside down from going, we want to be served to being men and women who sacrificially love to serve others. So the gospel transforms that. Today, our big idea is this. Our big idea today is that gospel serving is humbly emptying yourself to serve another above yourself. See, gospel serving is humbling. It's humbly emptying yourself to serve another over yourself. Grab your Bibles. I want you to go to John chapter 13, where we're going to see how Jesus washes so we will wash. See how the gospel transforms us. In this passage, we're going to see how Jesus washes so we will wash. Have a look at verse 1. We're going to see straight up. We're going to see that he's, he loves to the end. And as we see how Jesus washes, it's how we wash. And it's loves to the end. Have a look at verse 1. <coughs> it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What John is saying here is Jesus knows the end is in sight. And what is that end? The end here is the cross. He knows in the next 24 hours he is going to be arrested. He knows that his friend Judas is going to betray him. He knows that he's going to be whipped. He knows that he's going to have a crown of thorns crushed on his head. He knows that he's going to go to the cross. Jesus knows that this is going to happen. And knowing this is going to happen, he loves to the end. In moments of great anguish, in moments of great pain, we as humans can turn inward. Woe is me. Or maybe you're like me when you have the man flu. The last thing you want to do is serve other people. And yet here we see that Jesus, he serves to the very end. He serves. And we see in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, Not my will be done, but yours. But have a look at verse 2. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simeon Iscariot, Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Have a look at this verse 3. Now, verse 3 is a verse that we can jump over. It's a verse that as we read the rest of the chapter, it's so easy to forget what's actually being said. Have a look at verse 3. I want you to slow down. It's so important. Jesus knew that the Father had put, have a look at those words, all things. 
the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. In this moment, Jesus knows that all things are under his power. Now that shouldn't make us stop. There is no one else in the world that has power like Jesus. There's no one else in the world who has this authority. There's no one else in this world who has the power to create the stars. There's no one else in this world who created the universe. And here it's saying, here is Jesus. He knows that all things come under his power. Picture that. That the king of the universe knows this in this moment. There's no one above him. And yet, the creator of the universe, what's he do? He does something quite shocking there in verse 5, in verse 4. Have a look there at verse 4. And so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped. He, he goes and he grabs a towel, and he wraps a towel around him. He wraps a towel around him, around his waist. See, verse 5 should shock us what he's about to do. It should blow us off our seats. Have a look there. What we're going to see in verse 5 is that taking the towel is taking on the form of a servant. By Jesus picking up the towel and wrapping it around himself, he is taking on the form of a servant. And what does he do in verse 5? He takes a towel and he goes and he grabs a bowl of water. He wraps this around and he goes and he grabs himself a bowl of water and he goes to each of the disciples and he washes their feet. See, in the ancient world, even a Jewish slave would not wash the feet. The, the only person that would wash the feet really is a, the only person low enough to, to wash the feet of other people was a Gentile slave. And yet here, Jesus, he's taking on the form of a servant. And he washes their feet. The creator of the universe empties himself. And he washes dirty feet. So in the ancient world, as you would walk from house to house, your feet would get dirty. And, and, and good old Peter, Peter, one of Jesus' friends, one of his disciples, one of the followers of Jesus, he, he, he blurts out what all of us do all the time. See, Jesus goes around and he washes the feet of disciples, comes to Peter and Peter says, no way. Have a look there. Have a, have a look what Peter says there in, in verse 8. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. What he's saying is never in eternity shall you wash my feet. Never, Jesus. You can't do that. <laughs> See, Peter, he blurts out what you and me thinks. But have a look at verse, the rest of verse 8. But Jesus says, unless I wash you, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Grace can be hard to receive. Sometimes grace can be hard to receive because grace says you've done nothing. Because I, I want to deep down to all of us want to have achieved something of our own merit. Surely there's something that we've contributed to our salvation with God. Surely there's something that we've had to do and yet, no, that's why grace is so beautiful yet it's so hard sometimes because grace says you've done nothing. But Christ has done 
everything. And what Jesus is doing here in this moment as he washes the feet of the disciples, he's actually symbolizing something far greater. He's symbolizing something that's far greater that is yet to come. And that's the cross. See, what Jesus is saying is to be with me, in order to have any part with God, I have to wash you. Have a look at verse 8. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. We may have crusty, peely, dirty toes, dirty feet. But the reality is we have a far greater problem. And that greater problem is our sin. In our sin, we say to God, sorry, I'm going to serve my own ambitions. I'm going to serve in a way that makes me big. Sorry, God, I, I don't think you've got my best interests in mind. But Jesus, he's in the cleansing business. The God who we said no to is the creator God who humbled himself, who emptied himself and became a servant. He came to serve the other. See, unless you are washed by the blood of the lamb, you have no part with God. You can have no part with Jesus unless he washes you. See, some of you may have been coming to church for 20 years. Some of you may be watching online and, and you know what, you've done good things at church. You come and you serve every Sunday. You serve on the hospitality team. You serve in the kids ministry. You serve in so many ways and yet you can be coming every week and yet not have been washed by Jesus. You come thinking you have done something. You can be close to Jesus but not have been washed by Jesus. We need to be washed by Jesus to have anything to do with God. So there is good news for all of us watching. There's good news for those of you who don't yet know Jesus. You too can be washed in Christ. If, you're a, if you are a Christian, you have been washed. And you're made right before God. But what we see here in this passage is that Jesus doesn't use his power and he doesn't use his influence for the wrong reasons. So he doesn't use his power, he doesn't use his authority to influence, but he uses it to serve. There's this beautiful passage in the book of Hebrews where we see the splendor and the majesty of Jesus. The, the radiance of God's glory is Jesus. He's the exact representation of his being. He sustains all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. See, Jesus, the humble servant, is the one who loved and who first served us. He's in the cleansing business. He's in the washing business. See, gospel serving is humbly emptying yourself to serve another over yourself. But before we, we talk about how we serve or how that influences, see, what I want to do is I just want to talk about a couple of reasons why we often serve for the wrong reasons. Sometimes we don't serve because we feel inadequate. We don't feel equipped. But what I want to do is I want to now just spend a few moments and reflect on the three dangers of serving. There are three dangers to serving because there's three things we often do. Here's one. Often we can serve to get. 
we can often serve to get. What that means is that we serve on a Sunday morning. We serve in a kids ministry, serve during the week so that we get something in return. We feel like that if we serve, Jesus is going to come through for us. I missed my Bible reading today. So surely if I serve, God will make sure that my week will go well if I serve on a Sunday morning. Often we'll serve because we think we'll get from Jesus if we do that. Surely if I serve in the kids' ministry, my kids will grow up to be well-behaved kids who know Jesus. Sometimes we can serve on a Sunday morning to go, well, surely I'll be healthy and wealthy if I serve. See, that's serving to get. Sometimes we serve to get acceptance. Often we serve to find meaning. But see, if we serve to get, when people don't come and ask us to help serve, we get disappointed. When someone else gets asked to do a different role that you wanted to do and you go, man, if I serve to get and I don't get asked, you feel disappointed and you feel let down. That's the first danger. Not only can we serve to forget, but the second one is you can actually serve to pay back. You serve to pay back. You've, you've stuffed up. You feel shame, you feel guilt for the, the wrong that you've done to your family this week or the stuff that you've done towards God this week. And so you serve in a way because you feel like you're paying God back. Maybe for you, you go, oh, I'm so thankful for Jesus and what he's done. And so to make up for all that, you serve him back by committing to the, the, the roster, the, the serving roster for hospitality. Or you turn up every week and you play a musical instrument because you need to pay God back. We can serve to pay back. That's a danger. Because here's the, the reality. If we serve to get, if we serve to pay back, deep down what's happening is, is we're saying that Christ's sacrifice on the cross wasn't sufficient. When we serve in a way for our own movement forward, if we serve in a way that we think we're paying God back or paying the church back or paying others back, it's, it's actually saying that when Christ went to the cross, what we're saying, we may not be mean to say, but what we're believing to ourselves is that Christ's sacrifice wasn't sufficient enough for me and I've had to contribute some part towards that. Here's a couple of examples of how we may do this. Here's two stories. Steve. Steve's at work on a Friday. He gets some text messages from, from some friends and they say, Hey, Steve, we've got a rugby union game on Saturday night. We want you to come along. It's going to be great. We've got free, free tickets to a, a box seat. And Steve's like, Oh, man, I've locked in my calendar. I've promised to my wife that I'm going to take her out. We're going to have a date night. We're going to go out and eat expensive food. And it's going to be a wonderful night for us. And it's been locked in the calendar for months. Steve's like, Man, what am I going to do? So he, he, he comes home early on a Friday from work and he, he picks up all the clothes he puts them in the washer he then puts them in the dry he cleans the house does the dishes gets tea in puts on a great movie puts on romantic music the wife comes home and he says oh hey darl i've done this this and this you've had a meal and then steve gets the meal and and he cleans up after the wife and he he, he puts everything in the dishwasher he cleans he says why don't you go and watch one of your movies for a moment while i do this next morning he wakes up and he, he, he brings her a nice coffee in bed so that about at 10 a.m., Steve goes to his wife and said, Hey, Dale, I, I know we've got something on tonight and I'm really happy to. Let's, let's go and do it. Oh, but my mates from work, they, they messaged me. They're going to a rugby union match tonight. Now, I know we've promised this and that, that's okay. Well, let's do that. Or what, what do you want to do? And, and the wife just says, oh, oh, well, considering you've done all that stuff, why don't I let you go? Or you've got Mim. She's, 
she, she serves to pay back. It's, it's a Thursday. And she's so busy at work that she's forgotten to get to her husband's work presentation. But not only that, she's forgotten to pick up the kids after soccer. And one of the, the mums at soccer's rung her and said, hey, your kids are sitting here on the sideline for an hour waiting for you to pick them up. Is, is your husband or are you going to come up here? And she's like, oh, no, I forgot to pick up my kids. It's a terrible day for Mim. It's just a horrible, horrible day. She's forgotten everything. You know what I'll do? And so she picks up the boys. Straight, sorry, boys, for, for missing you, picking, miss picking you up. And so she says, let's go to Macca's and I'll buy you a slushie and a Big Mac. She gets home and says to her husband, hey, why don't you go to the boys at the footy on Friday night? Why don't you go and do this, go and do that? It's serving to pay back. But we can also serve to impress. Not only can we serve to get, not only can we serve to pay back, but we can actually serve to impress. We serve in a way to impress others. Sometimes we serve because we're just yes people. We don't want to let people down. Or, or we serve in a way because it looks like it's the right thing for you to do. Your parents say do it. And so you don't want to let them down. And so you'll serve in that way because it looks above board and it looks like it's the wonderful and the right thing to do. Or you serve to impress because you don't want to be seen as that lesser person. And yet, in a way, there's this underlying belief that the more you serve, the more you're accepted. There's this underlying belief in us that we think the more you serve, the more you have to gain. Or the more you serve, the more you'll gain forgiveness. So there's this underlying belief that we're, we're sometimes so hazy too, is that, that selfishness is better than servanthood. That authority is better than submission. That entitlement is better than servitude. And yet when we as Christians come to the foot of the cross, as we grapple and understand what Christ has done, as we come to the cross and realize that our sins are forgiven, that we've been washed clean by Jesus, that it flips all that upside down. Because see, it's at the cross that our selfishness is exposed. See, Jesus came not to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Because see, if you are washed, you are washed. We've been set free from that. See, we had a, a debt we could never pay. We could never pay it back. We could never serve enough to get something. We could never serve enough to impress God himself. Maybe you're doing that right now. You're not a follower of Jesus. And, and you're in this moment going, I'm trying to serve God to get something from him. Or you're trying to serve God to get something back. You're trying to serve to pay back. You're trying to serve to impress. But see, what Christ has done, he is in the business of washing. A couple of years ago, a young mum was shopping at the shopping centre in New Zealand and she filled the shopping trolley full of food and veg. She gets to the counter, it goes all the way through, it's a, it's a huge bill. She reaches to her handbag to pay the bill and guess what, she's got no money with her. She had a debt she could not pay. And you and me have a debt we cannot pay. But at that shopping counter, Jacinda Arden was standing behind her and she got her credit card out, reached over and said, I'll pay for it and the debt was cleared. See, we've had a far greater debt cleared. We've had a far greater debt paid for through Christ and his blood shed at a cross. And so we have a, a debt. We had a debt we could never pay and yet Christ paid it for us. And therefore, Jesus has set us free. Jesus has truly set us free from having to serve to get. Jesus has set you free from having to serve to pay back.
Jesus has truly set you free that you don't have to serve to impress. None of those things matters anymore. But now we are set free from that to serve as God intended us to serve. And so we humbly empty ourselves to serve another over yourself. But see, to wash, to serve like Jesus did, or to even think about washing the feet of another can feel demeaning. It can feel degrading. It can feel belittling. To think about scrubbing the toilet seat would be crazy. To picture the the Queen of England to go to a housing commission home and to scrub the toilet of someone else's. It's it's just unphenomenal. You, You think that's degrading, that's That's belittling. And yet, the God of the universe, Jesus, the creator of the stars and the heavens, who lowers himself, who humbly served this way, doesn't that actually give beauty and meaning to serving like that? It means that it isn't belittling. It doesn't mean it's lower. It's not terrible to serve like that, but instead it's a beautiful thing to do. It is a beautiful thing to serve your father. Or it's a beautiful thing to serve your 85-year-old mother who's in a dementia ward and to be cleaning up after her. It's a beautiful thing at 1am in the morning for a father to be cleaning spew off a bathroom floor after their five-year-old has puked their stomach up. It's a beautiful thing for people to be scrubbing toilets on a Sunday morning before people turn up for a Sunday service. It's not belittling. It's not lowering yourself to to clean the toilets on a Tuesday night so that as people come to play group here, the place is clean and presentable so that mums with young kids feel comfortable to come. It's a beautiful thing. It's emptying oneself for the sake of the other. And that's what Jesus is saying. Have a look at verse 13. It's saying, if if the master can do these things, what a beautiful thing it is for us to do. Have a look at verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. That is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. In light of what Jesus, the creator of the universe, has done, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing for us to do what he does. See, gospel serving is humbly emptying yourself to serve another over yourself. It's a beautiful thing for grandparents to go to their children and say, hey, we'll watch your children while you go and teach youth group on a Friday night. It is a beautiful thing for for a teenager to say to mom, hey, mom, I will do the dishes tonight. Why don't you go and read God's word and pray and spend some time with God? It's a a beautiful thing for, for parents to give up a Thursday night so that they can come and teach scripture it's a beautiful thing for young adults to give up their time and to come and teach at a kids club so kids can learn about jesus it's a beautiful thing for those things to happen see for us on a sunday when we're normally meeting in a building it's taken so many people to serve to make those things happen 
It takes time for people to set the seats up. It takes time for people to do the music. It takes time to have good food. One of the beautiful things we did when we were doing Bible colleges, we went to a church plant. That meant we met in a school. That meant that every week we had to set up the sound, the chairs, and pack up the sound and the chairs every week. And yet it was a joy. It was a beautiful thing to do. Eventually we moved to a premises where we could leave things set up full time. And we missed the joy and that it brought to do those things that we were doing the weeks before. The, the weeks before, sometimes you think, man, I, I can't wait till we don't have to set this stuff up anymore. And yet when we no longer set that up, we thought, man, that was a joyful moment to do that thing. Because see, what we're going to see in verse 17 is that gospel serving is actually the happy life. Have a look at verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus is not saying, if you serve this way, I'm going to bless you with a nice house, extra money in your bank account. No, remember, the blessed life is a life that is walking in step with God. The blessed life is walking God's way. And the happy life from last week is the one who gives. We think that the happy life is being served. We think the happy life is receiving. But Jesus flips our worldview and he says, no, the blessed life is the one who gives. The blessed life is the one who sacrificially serves. See, we want to be a church that's captured by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to be a serving church. We want to be people who serve gladly in sacrificial service wherever we are needed, not where we prefer. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be a church where people say, I will serve wherever is needed. I will clean the toilets instead of singing at the front if it's needed. Isn't it a beautiful thing to be a, a sacrificial church where people give up their time to serve? We want to be a church that recruits and releases people to serve joyfully in a church. Why? Because we believe Jesus' words who says it's more blessed to give. Our world says it's more blessed to receive. But if we truly believe that it's more blessed to serve and to give, then we want to foster that. We want to do it. So it could be really easy in this time right now in lockdown. Maybe for you, even coming out of the last lockdown, you tapped out of serving. You've come out of lockdown and you've gone, sorry, I'm too busy to serve. I'm, I'm not up for it. Because in a way, we've believed the lie of the devil that it's actually better to be served than to serve. But actually, gospel-shaped living believes that it's better to serve than to be served. And that's why I personally, I'm never going to ask you just to give half an hour or an hour of your week serving in the local church. Because if all we do is ask you to give half an hour and an hour, do we actually really believe Jesus' words? Where it says it's more blessed to serve. We want to be a church that sacrificially serves. Because see, for something to be a sacrifice, it has to cost you something. See, if you don't serve, it's very easy to fill up your nights with Netflix. It's easy to fill our nights up with other things. Or to fill our days with things that we, you know, don't need to do. But because Jesus washed, we wash. Jesus is in the business of cleansing us. He, he washed us and he has set us free from having to serve selfishly to being set free to serve by emptying 
ourselves, to serve another over ourselves. So there's something beautiful about someone serving. When someone turns up to church early and sets up and cleans the toilets or empties the bins, in those moments, we are reminded of Jesus. When someone sacrificially gives up their Thursday night to teach your kids the gospel, it reminds us of Jesus. When we see people sacrificially serving in the church, it reminds us of Jesus. See, Steve Saint, his father Nate Saint was killed. He was a missionary overseas. Yet Steve, years later, went back to the same people that killed his dad and he served them. He gave them the gospel. And in those moments, we're reminded of Jesus. May we be a church that lets the gospel saturate our lives that we sacrificially serve. See, gospel serving is humbly emptying yourself to serve another over yourself. Let's pray. Father God, we need you to help us. Lord, transform our lives. Give us a bigger picture of Jesus. Help us to see what we've been set free from. We no longer have to serve to, to get. We don't have to serve to pay back. We don't have to serve to impress others because Christ has already done it all for us. Lord, let us delight in you so that as we go out this week, even though we're in lockdown, may we, may we go this week seeing our lives as serving others. May we empty ourselves for the sake of another. And even in this lockdown period, may we see this as an opportunity for us as Christians to actually empty ourselves and how we want to be served so that we can serve the greater community. But Father, help us to serve in the way Christ has served. Help us, we pray. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.